Hello and welcome along to episode 57 of the All Things Leeds podcast with myself, Ed McIntyre, and joining me as ever is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hi, mate. You all right? Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm sound. I'm very pleased this week because we've had a good week on the pitch anyway. Yeah, it's been a good week on the pitch, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you been well? You, you, had, a, you had a nice week? I illness-free? Mean, yeah, I've not, I've not had any illnesses. Which is no a, coronavirus yet? No. No, thankfully not. Although... You are going to Italy in a few weeks, though, aren't you? Um, yes. Well, we, I don't know. We don't know. It's a bit up in the air at the moment. We may or may not go, depending on certain things. Yeah, it's very uh, bad, isn't it, the uh, coronavirus? But uh, at least none of us are ill at the moment, which is great. Yeah, that's the good news. <laughs> uh, well, in this episode, we'll, of course, be uh, discussing Leeds United's 1-0 win away at Middlesbrough last Wednesday night before looking back on last Saturday's 4-0 win for Leeds away at Hull City. We'll also discuss how the under-23s and women's side have got on this week, as well as look at some of the news coming out of Ellen Road this week before looking ahead to Leeds United's next game. That sees them take on Huddersfield Town in this Saturday's West Yorkshire Derby at Ellen Road. This is the All Things East podcast. Well, uh, let's start with last Wednesday night's game, shall we? Let's just brush over it really quickly. Uh, Leeds United, of course, beating Middlesbrough 1-0 away at the Riverside Stadium. Now, this wasn't a spectacular game, Charles. Uh, no. It certainly wasn't a classic, but job done in the end. Yeah, it was um, It was, It was a kind of just-get-the-job-done kind of game because they're down the bottom end of the table looking like they're having a bit of a uh, nightmare of a season. Johnny Woodgate appears to be not really getting as many points out of them given the quality of the squad they've got. But And we didn't have the greatest performance, but we still got... We put some nice moves together and we got the good goal. So at this point in the season, you just got to win the games and yeah. then move on, don't you? It's, not, it's, it's the three points that matters. It's not, it's not Bristol City at the start of the season away where no. we're, we're putting on kind of spectacular displays and focusing on a lot more performances it's just, it's just a bit attritional at the moment you just got to get through it yeah get it done and we definitely got through this game and got it done of course Marcelo Bielsa was forced into making a change Bravadi came in for the injured Calvin Phillips he played at centre-back with Ben White moving into a central defensive midfielder thoughts on Bravadi I felt he had a good game myself generally good I think there was one point in the second half where he flew into a tackle which I thought <laughs> that was definitely a yellow a bad referee would give a red and this referee was so poor for both teams he didn't even give it as a foul I did notice that the referee was kind of poor for very poor for yeah the thing is I, like, I don't mind it when referees are poor if they're consistently poor for both teams which this referee was to be fair he was he was terrible for Middlesbrough and terrible for us <laughs> yeah I mean Gavin Ward he certainly let a lot go didn't he yeah probably uh, let too much go Adam Clayton had a had about five fouls that, that he should have he should have definitely he eventually did get a booking late on but he, he should have had a booking a lot earlier uh, yeah they they it was kind of Middlesbrough's plan once they realised how lenient the referee was going to be just to kind of smash leads at any, every time we got, got on the ball. <laughs> uh, but did that. I felt he did a really good job. Definitely one of my uh, Man of the Match nominations. I put out on Twitter um, in All Things Leads after the game, uh, the uh, Man of the Match, who, thought, who people thought was the Man of the Match from the game. Um, and the options were Matthaus Klick, Gaetan Bavadi, Stuart Dallas and Jack Harrison. Who do you think won it? <laughs> Oh, I think Brady probably won it. No, nah, Matash Click. Did he win it? I, 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 to be honest, I wouldn't give it to either of them. I'd have given it to Jack Harrison. I was impressed with yeah. his performance against Middlesbrough. Yeah, I thought it was really he good. Was, obviously, he was, he was on, on the books of Middlesbrough um, for a bit when he was sent out on loan there. Didn't, and Peel just didn't like him. But yeah. then again, Peel just didn't like Serge Nabry. And now he's scoring goals <laughs> against Arsenal and Tottenham in the Champions League. So. <laughs> uh, 
A lot of people wanted me to put Patrick Bamford in the uh, Man of Match nominations. I didn't think he had a good game. He missed quite a lot of sitters. We just, we just kind of, he's just kind of tidying himself along at the moment. He's not doing much as, as Bamford in the games. He's, he's still doing all his kind of off-the-ball work and his, his pressing and stuff. But he's not. some games he's not getting the opportunities. Uh, I don't think he got many opportunities in this game. And the one he did, or one of the ones he did, uh, he forced a, forced a decent save with one effort, in the, I think, in the first half. And that header? Uh, no, not about the header. He, oh. he probably should have scored that. I'm on yeah, about, he, <laughs> he, he blasted one effort past the near post. And then he forced a save. I'm on about the one where you know in the second half, and it kind of trickled into him. But Ryan shot and kind of got a touch on it and knocked it up into his knee. And it was it was a bit of a fortunate bounce to land right in the goalkeeper's hands. But you know that's just sometimes the way it goes. And Bamford's yeah. look at the moment is not in. So no, see, he's not, he's not got the uh, rub of green at the moment, has he? No. Uh, but brother, this came at us in this game, but they lack quality, and you could tell that we were the better side really in terms of you know the quality of. They, of, they got in some play. good positions. They got into a bit of space in the midfield and getting getting into and running it as a bit. There, lad down the left hand side, some kind of a winger, a young, young winger. I can't remember. Is it Colson maybe or something like that? Yeah. Whoever, whoever they had on the left wing, it was a young lad. It was he was quite good. He was giving Luke Allen a bit of a difficult game. But they were just they got to the final third. And they, it's a bit like what you know watching us when we're in one of our worst patches <laughs> where they just they just didn't know what what to do. They yeah. were just passing the ball. They were getting it. They were putting in poor crosses or it was getting intercepted or we just defend it well. It, it wasn't really... I mean, Jonathan Woodgate mentioned it after after the game saying they just didn't really take advantage of any of their opportunities. And yeah, they just struggled to, to create anything, didn't they? And what are they expecting with Ashley Fletcher playing up front? <laughs> what are they expecting from that? Yeah, they were just... They just weren't like... And they're playing Johnny House in it right back as well. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't is it? very odd. So the question is whether he could play defensive midfield for Leeds and now he's playing <laughs> right back. <laughs> Which is just extraordinary, just isn't it? Bit of the Stuart Dallas there. <laughs> uh, but Bamford, he missed a free header though, didn't he? Midway yeah. through the first half, five yards out. Definitely should have done better there for me. Really good movement though to um, kind of beat the offside shot, get in a brilliant position and just such a unconvincing header. I think that's the kindest way to put it. Un- unconvincing header just straight yeah. towards the goalkeeper. It was, it was a good chance and we we could have gone 1-0 up a bit earlier on. Yeah, uh, but of course we went 1-0 up just before half-time. A great move, all started by Matausch Click, who uh, sent Bamford through, played the ball across to Hernandez, whose shot came out off the right post. It was up in the air, Ailing controlled it, played it to Click, who played it to Pablo, back to Click who finished really well into the uh, bottom corner. Great goal. Yeah, the thing is, uh, click at the post as well. <laughs> like <laughs> We're constantly at the post. I mean, But yeah, this was a, was a really good goal. It's a, it's a great interception by a click on the halfway line. I think it's George Friend who gives it away, kind of a weak, kind of uh, poor pass. He gets picked up and he puts Bamford through. Bamford through, I don't know if it's like a confidence or whatever, gives it over to Hernandez on yeah. the other side. I, I think I, any other striker would have probably took down themselves. If you're giving that, that, that through ball to uh, Mitrovic or Lewis Graben, they're running in and having a shot there. Yeah, but. definitely because they're obviously in a bit more confident than he is at the moment, but he gives it to Hernandez. Great effort from Hernandez. It's the post, though, but unfortunate. Middle, Middlesbrough with the really dodgy clearance, just straight up in the air. <laughs> yeah, just straight up, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, yeah, we get, we win the second ball, and it's just a good one, too. Just a good, bit of fo- just a good football. Just yeah. a good move. Really good football, really good goal. Now four league goals for Click this season. Uh, five in all competitions. It was 1-0 to Leeds at half-time. Could have been, you know, two or three no really with a chance to be recreated. Should we have had a penalty in the first half as well? Uh, Adam Clayton took down Heldekoff in the box, didn't he? I thought that was soft. I wouldn't have given that. I'd have been annoyed if that was given against us. Yeah. The one in the second half uh, on Jack Harrison 
was much more convincing. Oh, yeah. He just trips him. Yeah, blatantly. 100%. Yeah. As he's um, running into the box, <laughs> which is just a blatant penalty. The referee doesn't say it, but it is a penalty. Yeah. Butler came out as in the second half. It was quite nervy at times, really. Marcus Tavernier hit the hit uh, bar midway through the second half. Uh, as we mentioned, Bamford missed that sitter, didn't he? Which he definitely should have done better at. Um, and another penalty shout there for Lees. But, of course, we held on to win 1-0. Another three points on the board, which kept us in the top two and made it three wins in a row. Four games unbeaten. Put us in a good uh, stead heading into Saturday's game away at Hull City, uh, which we'll move on to uh, now, shall we? So, Leeds United, of course, thrashed Hull City 4-0 away at the uh, KCOM Stadium. Uh, Phillips, of course, straight back in, had another good game, and it was a great start from Leeds, wasn't it? Went 1-0 up on five minutes. Luke Kaling's deflected shot, which uh, flew straight into the back of the net. Fortunate, but sometimes you need a bit of luck, don't you? Very, very, very lucky. I mean, <laughs> it can't, I think it's. I think it was summed up Hull's luck more than it summed up ours that he, Luke Kaling kind of hits it, and it just it just swerves so. Per- I know it's, it's so much curve on it, and it just curves. Bomb keep can't get near it. It's yeah. really lucky, Hull. <laughs> but you know, it's it's nice to go one 0 up inside five minutes. And, oh yeah, and then and then you, and then you realise that Grant McCann's best laid plans are now in in like, massive danger. Now he's got to actually you know try and beat us up again football which not many teams can do yeah uh but yeah it was re- it was really good yeah really good to score early on as well wasn't it settled everyone's nerves because we hadn't had that for a while after we scoring early on i think is that our earliest goal this season one of them yeah yeah definitely one of them but a really nice score early on how important was it do you think to go one nil up so early on in the game well it's nice because when you got a team like hull which are down there losing games kind of a lot of injuries kind of no confidence it's good to just <laughs> you know just beat them to the floor immediately and get off to a brilliant start and because you could see the reds kind of dropped a bit i mean they kind of kept they came back into it during the first half it was a fairly dull first half oh, yeah i mean so. uh, pablo had a really good effort which hit the kind of hit the bar hit, i don't know they hit the bar or the top of the post one of them it, it kind of definitely aimed for yeah. the top corner would have yeah. been fantastic if it went in. Really good goal. It would have been a really good goal, yeah. But after that, it was kind of a bit of bit even, bit scrappy. We yeah, we we kept all of the ball, but didn't really do much damage. They didn't really do anything yeah. uh, at all. Well, quite frankly, it was a pretty boring game. After that, we went window up. Pablo hit the bar, and then after that, for the remaining thirty-five minutes of the first half, it was just dull, wasn't it? Nothing happened. Yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't a certainly wasn't, wasn't a classic. classic yeah, jinx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke Ailing, though, his celebration. I love it. I love his celebrations. He's a extremely questionable chicken celebration. <laughs> he just I mean, loves the celebration, doesn't he? It's not as funny as his um, Mbappe one against Birmingham when, it, when we won the game. And it was an own goal as well. It was an own, he, won, he, he didn't even score it. <laughs> goal machine, Luke Ayling, isn't he? <laughs> um, but yeah, really important score early on. Goals change games, and when it comes so early, then it changes the entire game, really. Um, but yeah, really dull first half after we went with no luck. Nothing really happened, but second half was just incredible from Leeds. Yeah, we just had a bit more about us, a lot more pace about us, and once again, I think this is another crucial point, how early in the second half we scored. Yeah. They kind of gave, they gave up once we scored the second. You could see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we went 2-0 up on the 47 minutes. Mm. Really nice goal, this one as well. Held the cost to set up Pablo Hernandez, who finished well first time. It was a cross from Jack Harrison on the left, which I don't know why, what, why this happened, but Bamford just kind of decked it in the middle of the box. It flew over everyone and kind of got nodded and... Costa brings it down and spots Hernandez in a, in a really brilliant position, to be fair, because yeah. you could quite easily be offside there if you're not careful. I think Hull's defensive line was a bit dodgy there. They should have been a bit a bit straighter. But he's, he lays him through, and it's just f- first-time finish, bottom corner. It's just, yeah, really, really good finish. It's it's good, because Pablo had a fairly average game, <laughs> and then but he was but he was crucial to... He scored that, and he was crucial to the rest of the goals. He was, yeah. he was involved in a lot of the build-up, a lot of the better passages of play. So it, it, it's kind of a fixture of Hernandez's game, particularly this season, where he doesn't have the greatest games... And 
and then we'll just chip in with a great goal, and yeah. then you forgive him immediately. <laughs> I, I thought he had a pretty good game, really good goal this yeah. one though. Two 0 up early on in the second half, again really important because you know at half time it was one nil going into the second half. Hull would have thought, oh, we could, it's one one nil down, we can get back into this. I think they uh, missed a header, didn't they? A free header um, just before we went two 0 up as well. Yeah, from a, I think it was from a corner. Or, yeah. Or a free, or, yeah, yeah, from the corner, yes. corner, yeah. And Meslier caught it easily, yeah. Straight at him. And then we just scored immediately. About about a minute and a half later, we were yeah. celebrating scoring. <laughs> that just killed the game, really, didn't yeah. it? Um, Lee's created many chances. Too many to list off, really. The best one, though, was definitely Jack Harrison's uh, curling effort from miles out. Ended up hitting the bar. What a goal this would have been. <laughs> yeah, that... that. That, I think that, that came from a short corner. That he, he came, got passed out to him. He just took it in a bit and hit the bar. That was a really good effort. His other one where he dribbled like through like three players and forced a really good save at the near post. That was good. That one where Click kind of backheels it into Elder Costa's path. Who kind of that weird little shimmy thing he did where he basically made Pennington fall into their other centre back. It's funny you see Matt Pennington again as well. I'm funny, <laughs> even funnier to put four goals past him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a brilliant goal, but he didn't get. Didn't quite get past the goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper had a really good game. Probably their man of the match because it could have been about seven. They conceded nil. four goals. Yeah, but that, that's how that's how poor they were. Their best player, certainly not man of the match for the entire game. Obviously. I like that 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 big guy they brought on towards the end. That I don't know whether his name was. He, I think he's Eastern European, big big lad. They brought they brought him on in the second half. He was yeah. the, one, the guy who hit the post. He was holding the ball up quite well, and it was him who it was him who got you know for the third goal when we were in, trying to make a bit of a move. Who um, Jack Harrison robbed the possession and then set us off on. So yeah, he, he was he was decent. He, he hit the he was the kind of their best chance was hit the post, wasn't it really? And that, and that was it. That's yeah. all they did all game. I yeah. can't remember the time when we were really under pressure. Yeah, that really was it. Wasn't it? Uh, Patrick Bamford, of course, replaced by Tyler Roberts on uh, 67 minutes. Um, a great change from Bielsa's. Of course, Roberts made it three 0 on 81 minutes. A really awesome goal, this one. Bielsa ball at its best, really, here. So Harrison Phillips uh, won the ball in the left-back position. Uh, Harrison played a nice one, too, with Dallas on the left. He, Harrison then played it to Roberts. That kind of chip ball over from Dallas into Harrison's oh, it's path. so nice, so nice. And then Harrison's first touch. Jack first touch, Harrison. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant first touch. Played it to Roberts, who switched it to the right to Helder Costa. He then sprayed it out to Click, who was in the box on the left. And uh, he teed it up for Roberts, who uh, ended up scoring. What? Just fantastic goal. Great move, but like, I do have to pick one hole in it because um, not not our not our play, but Hull's defensive play. I mean, Click having that Shocking. much space on the left hand side of the box, all their defenders rushed Helder Costa, and then Click was in miles of space. But then he, then he obviously lays it off. It's a really good finish from Tyler Roberts, who nearly boots yeah. Stuart Dallas in the ankles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought I thought um, Click had messed this chance up really. You know, with that with that layoff. Because I, I couldn't see anyone anyone there like, you know, running towards it. I just thought, oh, he's taken a poor touch there. He's messed it up. Hull are going to clear it here. But mm. thankfully he didn't. And Tyler Roberts finished it superbly. Yeah, it was, probably, it, it was my favourite goal of the game. It was a really yeah, good definitely. goal. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that back. It's just <laughs> an incredible goal. Yeah, it's been, it has got shared a lot on Twitter by other, other fans of other clubs as well. Uh, but yeah, fantastic goal to make it 3-0. And then Tyler Roberts made it 4-0. Three minutes later, click with a great ball over the top two Roberts, whose diving header beat George Long in the goal. VAR does rule that goal offside, Oh yeah, it was in offside. my opinion. Yeah, he was offside, wasn't he? It, it is. I think his foot and his head are slightly offside. It, it would be. It would have been in the Premier League. You wouldn't. You wouldn't get that goal given. Yeah. But this is the Championship, and we've got terrible linos. So, and it was a really good goal as well. Oh, the, yeah, the, gorgeous, gorgeous ball, curved, gorgeous diving header. Cross from midfield from Click uh, comes over and just heads it back where it comes from. Brilliant goal. Keep it. Keep it. Don't even move. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what. I'll, I just love diving headers. 
it's just something about him, like, you know, the, just just witnessing someone just leap into the air, just dive into the air and head it in. Just, just satisfying goals, aren't they? Yeah, really, really uh, nice goal. Uh, this one to make it 4-0, and Lee Taylor on to win 4-0. Brilliant game. Uh, fourth consecutive win for Leeds, five unbeaten. Um, results went our way uh, last weekend as well. Uh, West Brom lost 1-0 at home to Wigan. Fair result, that, apparently, as well. Apparently, Wigan played really well. And yeah. West Brom were awful. I mean, it's just what, just what happens, isn't it? Wigan beating... Good teams, one nil away, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it just—I I still can't put, wrap my head around that. But you know, we'll move on. They've done us a favour. I'll forgive them for this yeah. season. I won't forgive them for last season because that still annoys me now. Oh yeah, but they—but they did us a favour here. Yeah, uh, Cardiff drew two all at home uh, with Brentford. Good result for uh, that one for us. Uh, Millwall drew one all with Bristol City. So I think Bristol City then—they're not gonna worry us. No, at they're, all. They're, they're playoffs are best. Now. Yeah, I think Forest are as well personally. Yeah. But. I look forward to that coming back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Middlesbrough drew uh, to all uh, with Nottingham Forest. And we said it last week, didn't we? We'd beat Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough will hopefully beat Nottingham Forest. And they almost did. They were two men up at half-time, weren't they? But end up I hate Lewis Graben. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> he, saw, he scores such kind of lucky, dodgy goals. Yeah, like such as against us in our first when home he, game. When he season. fouls someone on the halfway line and then shouldered it on the top. If it wasn't even a shoulder, he, he palms it, kind of elbows it into goal. And yeah. it gets given. Yeah. Um, but yeah, results went our way at the weekend. Uh, good result uh, for Leeds there. We remain second in the championship table on 68 points. One point behind league leaders West Bromwich Albion and five points ahead of Fulham in third with 10 games to go. Is that to believe? I'm not going to believe until we actually have the trophy and we're on match of the day, mate. <laughs> that's, when I'll, <laughs> that's when I'll believe. No, I don't, I don't take anything for granted. Uh, I did see someone tweet that I think it was like a week or 10 days ago. We were one 0 down to Brentford, and uh, they were—I think they were a point above us at that point—and now we're twelve points above Brentford. It's incredible, which, isn't which it? is just insane. How many points they've dropped? It is absolutely insane. But ten games to go. How many wins now? Do you think? Well, we need—I think if we get six wins out of ten, uh, I think Fulham need nine, so that they need twenty-seven points out of thirty, which is pretty unfeasible. Yeah. So we need—we basically need six wins out of ten games. Yeah. Which does not sound unreasonable. I think six or seven wins. Would see us up. Seven would definitely do it. And eight or nine wins would see us win the league. It's hard to win nine games, though, mate. <laughs> yeah, very, very difficult, yeah. I mean, we'd have to go on a kind of mad win streak. <laughs> but I, I do think eight or nine wins will see us win the league. I don't think it'll happen. But six wins, seven wins, that will definitely see us up. So I think 84 points is the minimum we need, really, to go up. Yeah. You, you don't feel like it's going to take much to get in the top two this year with regards to points. I think yeah. it, I think it'd be mid, kind of low to mid-80s will get you top two because of how inconsistent everyone else is. So yeah. All you got to do is... We just got to hope that Fulham just fall off. We, we, that, that Fulham game is looking bigger and bigger by the day, depending on how the next couple of games go. But, but there's two games to play before we take on Wigan at home. And we're five points ahead of them now, so we could be 11 points... Wigan at home. Or Fulham at home, rather. Right. <laughs> um, but right now, we're five points ahead of them. By the time that game comes around, we could be 11 points ahead of them. So. That's providing <laughs> we win both of our games yeah. and they lose both of theirs, which is unlikely. Yeah, but... I think that they should they should pick up. It's certainly a big game. Would you say it's a, it's a, it's a decider? I think they'll pick up four points in their next two games, so yeah. I think we just need to win both ours. Would you say it's a decider, that game against Fulham? I think if they pick up four points or less from their next two games and we win both ours and then we beat them I think the league will be done I, I can't see them coming back from that I can't see because we'll, we'll be kind of eight between eight and ten points clear of them by that point with what seven games to go six seven games to once you get to more points clear you are 
than games left, you know you're in kind of... If, if you're eight points clear with seven games to go, you know you're in kind of safe territory because you can afford to drop like yeah. a point a game. Which is, and then you know you're pretty much up. It would take a spectacular collapse to uh, to not do it from this point. And oh. if there's one club capable of spectacular collapses yeah. with ten games left, it's this one. Oh, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. I'd, I'd, you know what? I actually don't know how I feel because because I, I think we're gonna go up now. As I say, six seven wins will definitely see us up, and I think we'll do that. How does it feel? How does it feel for you? Just horrible. I just want, <laughs> want, it, want it to be over. It's, it's supposed to be fun watching football. Yeah, isn't it? it's just not fun, is it's, it? It's right. Oh, <laughs> it's really nervy, isn't it? I, I I just I just don't know what I feel. I mean, I don't know what I feel when Leeds actually go up. You don't know. Happens, I know, I know I'll be happy. You don't know. You don't. You don't know until it happens. Yeah, mate. I know. And hopefully it does happen. Uh, of course, Leeds move on to Saturday's West Yorkshire Derby against Huddersfield Town at Ellen Road. We'll be previewing that game later on in the show. But first, let's look at how the uh, Leeds United other teams um, have got on this week. Starting with the women's team, who were in action last Sunday and they beat Chorley one 0 away at the JMO Sports Park thanks to a goal from uh, Emily Cassidy. Danaher's side have now gone eight games unbeaten, which is just fantastic stuff. Um, and the Leeds United 23s they were meant to be facing Barnsley away at Oakwell last Friday but that game was postponed after a pitch inspection due to the weather that game will now take place on Monday the 9th of March at 2pm it feels like the under 23s haven't played a game in about three weeks <laughs> they haven't have to uh, <laughs> just for awful weather but weather's improved now hasn't it weather's improved yeah Been a getting sunshine. we're getting there plenty of uh, vitamin D <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, moving on to uh, some news then, um, and of course the big news is that 33-year-old Spanish goalkeeper Kiko Xer has been handed an eight-game ban and a £60,000 fine by VFA after being found guilty of uh, racially abusing Charlton Athletics. 20-year-old forward Jonathan Lecco during Leeds' 1-0 loss to Charlton away at the Valley on the 20th of September 2019, breaching FA Rule E3. Now, the news of the ban came out on Friday night, which caused a bit of controversy because it was announced at around 7pm, approximately 17 or 18 hours before the game against Hull on Saturday, and it had no report with it, so there were no contacts until the FA released a full report on Tuesday. Now, Obviously, we won't stay on this for too long. We, we, we don't want to say too much about it. We don't want to get ourselves in trouble. Um, it's obviously great that the FA are tackling racism. Uh, but, Charles, do you think they've, they could have gone you know, about this one a bit better and, and done it at a better timing, do you think? Yeah, I think there's there's certainly issues with the process. And I think both Charlton and um, Jonathan Lecker and Leeds and Cassia have pointed out that it's taken five months to get from the incident to the actual kind of... FA Tribunal. That seems unacceptable. So surely you'd, you'd want it resolved within. Obviously, these things take time to get, kind of gather evidence and and kind of create your case. But it, beyond a month or two seems excessive to me. Yeah, it, it seems like it would it would not take that much time to sort this out. And then if he's guilty, then serve the ban. If he's innocent, then obviously not. There's there's issues with the process. He got given an eight game ban instead of a six game ban because it was an aggravated breach. Because the the regulatory commission, the independent regulatory commission that did the tribunal, felt that his one of his defences. Was he said he didn't have any knowledge of the N word? N word, yeah, uh, the word used. So that added two games onto the band, didn't it? Yeah, so that was it, that, that's why it's an aggravated breach instead of just a breach. Because if, if he'd have um, just been found guilty and not, and not said that, but it's just a really kind of horrible situation. It's it kind of puts a bit of a stain on this is the club's best season in 10 years, yeah, and it's kind of it's not it's not overshadowed, it's, it's not overshadowed, it's not spoiled, but it's a it's 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 a kind of black mark on it. And instead of being seen as that 
season that Bielsa took leads up, it'll be seen as that season where Bielsa took leads up with a racist goalkeeper. Yeah. That's how, I'm not saying that's that's how I view it. I'm saying that's how the media will view it. That's yeah. how other clubs will view it. Um, yeah, it is you know really bad. I agree with you. It should have been done a lot earlier. Of course, Phil Hay and his podcast, Phil Hay Show, was saying that you know the clubs it, it wasn't a great time for clubs in terms of football and transfers. Of course, you need to build up a case, but it definitely could have been done. You know, in no, you know November or, or December. Yeah, it definitely should have been done earlier. I don't agree with the timing. You know, seventeen hours before the whole game with no context because one that that's that's you know too short notice before a game because. Um, you know, if the club hadn't have known, apparently they did know. But if they hadn't have known before it was announced that that it was banned, then they would have prepared you know, for the whole game to have Kiko Xavier in. And yeah, and with no context as well, it just drove everyone mad. It drove everyone to you know create their own speculations and rumours, really. Um, and I just thought it, you know it was pretty stupid. You know, I, I feel as though you know what you know why not get everything ready and release it together the following week. Yeah, you'd, you'd like you because it. If you leave an absence of information, that social media is just going to fill that vacuum with what a kind of assumption and people inadvisably, you know, rightly or wrongly choosing a side of an argument, and you shouldn't really do that until you have all the information. It seems yeah, exactly. seems silly to do that, um, and it did lead to that led, led to quite a lot of arguments, a lot of kind of uh, uh, you know negativity and kind of bad feeling on on social media. It was a bit, it was it was just bad, and uh, yeah, it's was, it was just a really horrible situation. Yeah. I mean, Kiko's defence, from what you read from the report. Wasn't great, it, was it's not, it? It's not great. It wasn't good reading, it, was it, it? It didn't. It didn't read like. It didn't read positively towards him no, as, not a, at all. as a player. And obviously, the FA took his character into account. That's why the FA wanted a twelve-match ban. That the IRC felt that eight was sufficient because of his previous character and where people spoke up for him. But when you've got Eddie and Kessie, who was playing for Leeds at the time, giving evidence against him, you've got two people. You've got Macaulay Bourne and Jonathan Lecko giving evidence against him. Of course, you'll never know because you'll, there's no recording equipment on players. So you'll never, we can never be 100% sure. Yeah, I mean, we know not. that there's footage of Charlton still, players turning back and, you know, yeah. he, reacting to he, He's still denying he it. He, he's still, you know, completely denies it. Yeah. So it's it's really, it's, it's a bit of a minefield, really, to discuss, yeah. to discuss it. Now, we've all seen the report, haven't we? Um, I'm sure everyone who's listening or watching right now has also seen the report. But if you haven't, we obviously won't be going through all 62 pages here. We'll leave that to you to find out. Um, although Daniel Chapman on Moscow White on Twitter put a thread on Twitter explaining uh, everything um, you know, in short. So read that because um, that kind of explains it all really in about five tweets. But yeah, it doesn't make good reading for, for the club and fans at all really. Um, bounce probability, of course, questionable format. Uh, a lot of people don't agree with it. But reading the report, you can understand the verdict really. The FA said that the evidence greatly surpassed the balance of probability though that they did put that in their report. So yeah. I mean reading the report you take, you, from, you take from that what you will. Yeah, you understand the verdict, don't you? Uh, you know, bouncing everything up. Um but yeah, Kiko saying our band uh, for eight games. It'll be interesting to see um if he will play for Leeds again this season and again in the future as well. But now we've got Elon Messier in goal. Need need to uh, stick by him. Of course his first league start against Hull kept a clean sheet, didn't he? Thoughts on Elon Messier from that game? I have a lot more confidence in him from set pieces and on corners and uh, balls into the box. He, he seems a lot more confident catching the ball. He made some... Because he's very tall. Yeah, he was, <laughs> I think he's... Oh, I don't know how tall he is. I think he might be 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He's very, very tall. It's like a spider. Yeah, <laughs> he is he's the spider. He, he's, he's a really good keeper. His distribution wasn't quite on it. On his, compared to the Arsenal game. Compared to the Arsenal game, good. yeah, in the whole game. But here's his league debut. There was obviously a lot of scrutiny on him at the moment, a lot of pressure. Sky had bloody cameras in his face all day. I, know, I don't know if, you, if anyone watched the game on Sky, it, it was panning to Mesley at every given opportunity. Yeah. 
and also focuses on the Leeds players all wearing kick it out t-shirts. Obviously, Hull made a very insensitive tweet, and then stupid tweet that a very yeah trying to point score on something very serious. Yeah, and the Hull City social media bloke who you know he runs it all, he privated his account mainly because I, I saw from the comments Leeds fans found out who he was and started spamming him with stuff. So I imagine that's why he's done that. Yeah, but they definitely want a good tweet from Hull City. They got a lot of they got a lot of abuse after the game as well. After Leeds have won from the Leeds fans as well, so it just it didn't make much sense why they did that. Yeah, uh, but Elon Mezzier though played well against Hull, clean yeah. sheet. I'm fine with him being in goal. Didn't just, have to do much, uh, but yeah, didn't have to do much. But what he did do, you know, it was it was fine. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we just need to get uh, get behind him now. A lot of pressure on him, uh, but hopefully he does well. And you know, promising signs so so far. So hopefully, um, Elon Mezzier has a good uh, run into the end of the season. Uh, now on to on to uh, some other news then. And for the third year running, Calvin Phillips has been nominated for the PFA Community Player of the Year. Brilliant stuff there. Got the kind of golden boy with his uh, <laughs> with his beaming smile. Yeah, he's, he's very very popular lad with even fans of other clubs. You see, uh, saw fans of um, I think it was Middles a Middlesbrough fan and his daughter were chatting with Calvin Phillips after the Borough game. He said he was a really nice guy. Spends a lot of time doing stuff in the community for the club. I remember la- it wasn't last Christmas, Christmas before he did a uh, did, did a bit of work in a um, in a homeless shelter, kind of giving uh, food out and things like that. So he does a lot of stuff for the club and, and in the community, and he's he's well liked by by our fans certainly and by other. Fans. Oh, yeah. over the clubs so yeah hopefully he'll win it it'd be, it'd be lovely to have, it, to have him win it yeah I, I love Calvin Phillips and yeah ho- hopefully he does win it we've well, um, met him he's a nice guy <laughs> um, also something worth mentioning John Bon Jovi lead singer of the band Bon Jovi the rock band that um, was really weird he's a Leeds and Bamford fan isn't he so... well, he's not a Leeds fan he's just Specifically, a Patrick Bamford <laughs> fan. So, last Wednesday morning, if you didn't hear it on Talksport in the morning, uh, Laura Woods, the presenter, uh, was going through what links Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, with English football, and the name that kept copping up was Patrick Bamford. Apparently, Pat Bamford is a really big Bon Jovi fan. Went to a Bon Jovi gig in, I think it was 2012, when they were performing at the uh, Etihad Stadium, of course, home of a. Uh, Manchester City, and he's a big fan of Bon Jovi. Ended up sending um, a message of inspiration. To, to Bamford before that brother game saying I hold your paycheck if you play well you get it if you don't play well you don't get it it was just so bizarre wasn't it <laughs> I mean yeah it was just really odd it was just you know just the kind of weird thing you experience on Leeds social media <laughs> yeah it's, it's strange especially given Bamford's like 25 and you'd think he'd be a on the young side to be a Bon Jovi fan yeah I mean I'm, I'm a Bon Jovi fan to be fair I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not, not a raving Bon Jovi fan but I'm I like the music I'm not a Bon Jovi's music I find it a bit to be a bit too, a bit, a bit too American for me fair uh, enough <laughs> style of music but yeah whatever I mean it's, it's not negative it's positive so you yeah. just kind of it was just so bizarre imagine Patrick Bamford waking up on the Wednesday morning you, it's like John Bon Jovi's talking I just remember seeing it and thinking <laughs> that's really weird yeah <laughs> you just keep scrolling don't you it was just so bit, bizarre just a bit odd <laughs> and I loved all the um, all the Leeds fans you know putting Leeds players into song lyrics so Janny used to work on the docks. Janny <laughs> yeah, Alioski. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Alioski had previously worked on some docks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, worth mentioning that. That was uh, really, really funny. And finally, next month's clash uh, with Blackburn Rovers uh, away at Ewood Park. Um, it has been selected for Sky Sports broadcast. Surprise, surprise. Um, and it will now kick off at 7.45pm on Friday the 3rd of April. It was originally going to be played on Saturday the 4th of April but now it's been moved uh, to the night before um, yeah another game on Sky Sports <laughs> great for people who aren't going to it but Sky Sports leads yeah Sky Sports leads I mean I'm not going to this 
game, so it doesn't really affect me. But we are playing on the Friday. I imagine everyone else will be playing on the Saturday, so we get to play first, which means if we can win it, then we put pressure on everybody else. Because I was kind of sick of Forrest being given games in hand because they get the fixtures moved about. So it's nice to just, you know... It'd be nice to put a bit of a gap in there and then put pressure on teams below us because they might crumble under that. So. Yeah, and it worked well on Saturday, didn't it? Because we, yeah, we were the early, early kickoff. Kick so, yeah. yeah, it worked well there. But yeah, another game there, selected for Sky TV uh, broadcast. Uh, well, now uh, let's look ahead to Leeds United's next game. It's a West Yorkshire derby against Huddersfield Town at Ellen Road on Saturday with kickoff at 3 pm. Charles, <laughs> we better beat these lot. <laughs> we better beat these lot. The thing is, though, like I don't care about Huddersfield. So when we beat them, it, it means nothing to me. But how smug and annoying they are when they beat us! <laughs> it's their cup final, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, their cup final. I really want us to win, mainly just to sh- just to sh- just to look and mug them off. <laughs> um, yeah, we beat them 2-0 early in the season. It was kind of Alioski and Hernandez scoring. It wasn't a brilliant performance that we were missing Calvin Phillips in that game, and it's to be seen whether Phillips is back to full fitness because he looked a bit he didn't look 100% against Hull I didn't think I thought yeah he looked like he was still carrying it a little bit yeah. hopefully he's, he's back to 100% against Huddersfield well he should be he's, he's had a week hasn't yeah he's had a week it's only, it's, only a, it's only a kind of a dead calf a knock a slight knock they're not brilliant they're in a bit of a resurgence at the moment they've won a couple of games they obviously they beat the slap Charlton about the weekend um, but they're not having a great season though are they oh no because they, 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 they didn't sack Sievert or Sievert or however you pronounce it Jan Sievert their previous manager they didn't sack him for ages until he was until had them in the bottom three and then he's sacked him yeah and then they brought Danny Cowley in of course along with his assistant and brother Nicky Cowley uh, but yeah they're not having a great season 17th in the league table on 42 points 5 places and 4 points above the relegation zone um, they're inconsistent at the moment 3 wins 1 draw and 2 losses in the last 6 league games which you know is decent to be fair and they have won the last 2 games they beat uh, Bristol City 2-1 at home and then beat Charlton 4-0 at home, um, they have some good players though. Alex Pritchard, Bakuna, who's got six goals and five assists this season. Fraser Campbell with two goals and two assists this season. Steve Mounier, eight goals, one assist for him this season. And Carlin Grant, their highest goal scorer, with 16 goals this season and four assists. So, there are some dangerous players that we need to watch out for. I remember Grant being supposed to be quite good last time we played him, but he didn't really do much. They've got that Emil Smith Rowe on loan from Arsenal, he's supposed to be quite a good player. He's good, yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on him. Apparently, when it, whenever he starts, they look much better. I'm looking forward to this. I think it'd be a really good game of football because they're in good form. We're in good form. So West Yorkshire derby. I, I really want us to win it though. I, yeah. I want us to. I want us to. We've won four on the bounce, haven't we? So this will be the fifth game on the bounce. Yeah. I'd look, I want to win it. I want to get another clean sheet. Yeah. And we've both got something to play for as well. Huddersfield wants to avoid the drop. We want to go up. It's going to yeah. be a fascinating game. And you know, as we say, they've won the last two games. Doing good form at the moment. They'll want to continue that good form. So. It's going to be a really interesting game. It's going to be uh, going to be a good game to watch. It'd really. be very funny if you know all these teams that lower down the league that are working so hard and winning all these games. If it all means nothing because Sheffield Wednesday and Derby get huge point deductions and get dropped into the relegation zone <laughs> anyway. If it all ends up being meaningless because they get relegated anyway, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, of course, who scored dot com? Oh, um, <laughs> so uh, Huddersfield strengths—they are very strong at creating chances through individual skill and strong at creating chances using through balls. Uh, they are weak at defending set pieces, which we found out uh, when we played them early on in the season. Uh, they're weak at avoiding individual errors and weak defending against skillful players. We have skillful players, so <laughs> gonna have a field day here. Yeah, you hope so, <laughs> but you, you never know. I, 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 I fancy us to, to win this one. Yeah. Huddersfield Tyler play, so they attack down the right, take long shots, play short passes, play with width to play the offside trap, and they uh, remain with a consistent first 11. So, you know, well-equipped team. They have some decent players. It's certainly going to be um, a fascinating game 
on Saturday, of course, a West Yorkshire derby. Um, now, Leeds, of course, I'm uh, going to Saturday's game, having gone and beaten in five, four wins in a row there. Uh, yeah, we, as you said, we just hope that we continue this good form. Yeah, we just need to keep on going. Just uh, take another game off, and then another game off, and then we'll, we'll be end of the season before we know it. <laughs> this season's gone quick, hasn't it? It just yeah. feels like yesterday since we lost the derby in the playoff semi-finals, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Don't feel, don't feel that so long quick. ago. <laughs> Yeah, of course, Leeds beat Huddersfield Town 2 0 away uh, on December the 7th. Um, first winning four meetings there. We lost the previous three. Um, but will we win here, do you think? What's your score prediction? I'm going to go for another 2 0. I fancy it's for another 2 0. You know what? I reckon Huddersfield will score here. You know, I'm, I'm going to go 3 1. 3 1. We better win. Bragging rights and all that, we better win. I have a few Huddersfield Town mates, so it'll be, it'll be fun to just take the mick out of them. One of my tutors on my degree is a Huddersfield Town fan. One of my tutors. I'm one of the, one of the guys in my me, in me, uh, me group as well, he's a Huddersfield Town fan, so yeah. I'll mug them off next week. Yeah, one of my tutors here at uni is also a Huddersfield Town fan, so it'll be good to uh, take the mick out of him if we uh, do beat him. Hopefully we do beat him, of course, West Yorks and Derby, bragging rights and all that, so yeah, hopefully we do win. Me and Charles both going for Leeds wins, 2-0. Charles is predicting, and uh, I'm predicting a 3-1. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully the United uh, pick up a good result this Saturday. Uh, but that does bring us to the end of uh, episode 57 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me in the studio. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. And uh, thank you very much to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We really do uh, appreciate it. If you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Share the podcast around. As well, make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Search All Things Leeds on there and also check out the All Things Leeds website. Uh, Charles and I, we will be back next week. Uh, so for now, take care and we'll speak to you soon. (laughs) 